Long before the first bugles sounded from the barracks within the city and the cantonments surrounding it, most of the people in the city were already awake. They did not need to rise from the straw mattresses and thin pallet beds of their hive-dense tenements, because few of them, save the children, had even lain down. Instead, they had huddled all night in one vast, tongueless brotherhood of dread and anxiety, about the thin fires of braziers and meager hearths, until the night wore at last away, and a new day of anxiety and dread had begun. The original regiment had been raised in this district, raised in person, in fact, by one of those glorious blackguards who later became Napoleon's marshals, who delivered the regiment into the emperor's own hand, and along with it became one of the fiercest stars in that constellation which filled half the sky with its portent and blasted half the earth with its lightning. And most of its subsequent replacements had been drawn from this same district, so that most of these old men were not only veterans of it in their time, and these male children already dedicated to it when their time should come, but all these people were parents and kin, not only the actual old parents and kin of the doomed men, but fathers and mothers and sisters and wives and sweethearts whose sons and brothers and husbands and fathers and lovers might have been among the doomed men except for sheer blind chance and luck. Even before the bugle's echoes died away, the warrened purlieus were already disgorging them. A French or British or American aviator, or a German either for that matter, if he had had the temerity and the luck, could have watched it best. Hovel and tenement voiding into lane and alley and nameless cul-de-sac, and lane and alley and cul-de-sac compounding into streets as the trickles became streams and the streams became rivers, until the whole city seemed to be pouring down the broad boulevards converging like wheel spokes into the Place de Ville, filling the Place, and then, pressed on by the weight of its own converging mass, flowing like an unrecoiling wave up to the blank gates of the hotel, where the three sentries of the three co-embattled nations flanked the three empty flagstaffs awaiting the three concordant flags. They met the first troops here. It was a body of garrison cavalry, drawn up across the mouth of the wide main boulevard, leading from the place to the old gate in what had once been the city's ancient eastern wall. Already in position and waiting as though the murmur of the flood's beginning had preceded it, right into the bedroom of the town major himself. But the crowd paid no attention to the cavalry. It just continued to press on into the place, slowing and stopping now because of its own massy, congested weight, merely stirring and shifting constantly and faintly within its own mass while it stared, mazed and patient in the rising light at the hotel door. Then the sunrise gun crashed from the old citadel above the city, 
The three flags broke simultaneously from nowhere and climbed the three staffs. What they broke and climbed and peeked in was still dawn, hanging motionless for a moment. But when they streamed on the first morning breeze, they streamed into sunlight, flinging into sunlight the three mutual colors, the red for courage and pride, the white for purity and constancy, the blue for honor and truth.'